Welcome to the Color Auntie Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host, Kozan. And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Quay out of things you may be experiencing, because both Quay and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Welcome back and happy Sunday to all our listeners. It's the Call Her Auntie podcast and we want to do a special shout out to all the matriarchs in the family that are celebrating today. It is Mother's Day and today we have a special guest who is also a mother. Yeah, so she is a member of Gull Bay First Nation and Algoma University alumni, Woo! a jingle dress dancer, friend, sister, auntie, but above all, She's a mother of three, and also she's my sister, Tasha Esquega. So welcome, Tasha. Hi. Uh, (laughs) um, Before we get into getting to know you more, we wanted to touch on um, how it's Mother's Day. So, Tasha, you're a mother of three, Mm -hmm. um, and we're talking briefly about, like, how, like, ourselves, we came into the world, and we both came in at around dinner time. Um, and then Quay, I think we talked previously about like, yeah, how you came into the world. Do you want to like a, touch on that again? I want to remind <laughs> everyone I'm a brunch time baby. I came in before <laughs> after breakfast, but before lunch. And brunch is actually one of my favorite meals. So I don't know if dinner time is your, your favorite meal. <laughs> it actually is, yeah. <laughs> Just because you can go either way. You can either have breakfast or you can have lunch or you can combine it all. Mm-hmm. You know, like BLTs. It's good. And I also was born from a C-section and you guys were both vaginal birth. Yes. Feedback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tasha, she also made me an auntie when I was like, four years old <laughs> I did <laughs> so I, I've had I have had a lot of experience being an auntie Grace is a big vet uh, a long time vet <laughs> Quay just became an auntie like um in December for the first time yeah Tosh so you know my brother yeah yeah and his his partner Bridget um they gave birth to a little boy in december or she gave birth (laughs) and he's five months now just the other day he turned five months so this is bridget's first mother's day too and i'll say it on here because she'll have it by then i made her beaded earrings that are going to match her jingle dress great um yeah so that's what i'm going to give her and i hope she loves them and i'm so grateful for jesus and um yeah but we met Tosh, we met at at Algoma University, and um, you were, so at that time, Algoma was first making their um, Shingwalk University, and you were one of the curriculum developers, right? Yeah, I worked with Eddie Bent and Benet at the time. Mm -hmm. And I know I didn't tell you this until today, but when I knew that you were, like, developing curriculum, and you were, like making all these moves for like Shingwalk that was just newly at their own university. So when I seen you in this role of like, oh, you're making these curriculums, you're like changing the world and you're like affecting um, developing more inclusion. I was like, oh, 
if she can do it and she I know she's like from the north and like she's from here around here like because you live in the zoo at that time I'm like I can do big things too so without even knowing like you inspired me I'm super super honored and actually when I was a student at Algoma um, I was studying community economic and social development your mother was a role model to me because she was one of my instructors so I think we've we've uh-huh. come about full circle. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I want to cry too right now. Aww. <laughs> and that was like one of the first things when I met Quay. We mm-hmm. had that instant connection too. And I was like, yeah, my name's Grace Esquega. And she's like, oh, I think I know your sister just from you living in the Sioux. And um, I mean, with like Mother's Day and everything, we, we wanted to bring someone that was a role model and when I think about like all the barriers and whatnot that students have and you don't know their whole story. And even like I had Nico like fairly young and sometimes it's, you can easily get discouraged. Like I still want to complete more school. And then you look up to people who've done it. Um, Like you, Tasha, you went, you went through university um, with two kids, right? Um, at the time, um, actually I was in my second year when I had my youngest Kaysen. And so I went to school and I had him on October 7th and he was, um, a week late. So I I had Kaysen on a Saturday and I went to school up until that Thursday. And then I came back to school two weeks later. And the wonderful thing about Algoma University is it's very, um, flexible. It's a, it's a smaller um, university at the time it actually was just a campus of um, Laurentian <clears throat> until they got their own charter in 2008 and I brought Kaysen to school with me um, when he was two weeks old and, and completed um, the semester with Kaysen every day coming coming to school with me and uh, it, it was nice actually there was another another student who brought her her daughter with her too but it was nice because it was a smaller campus you knew your teachers you know, your, your fellow students knew you and, and there was that opportunity for that, for that to happen. It wasn't, you're ha- you had a baby and now, sorry, see you next year, right? Yeah. I know that when I had Cole, my oldest son, he's almost 22, um, I, was, I was 16. I should have been on the show 16 and pregnant. Kidding. <laughs> but um, I, I had to go to a, a different high school. You know, and, and the high school that I went to, um, we were sent, it was, a, it was a basement classroom. And we had to, we were almost, we were segregated from the rest of the school, right? It, and and kind of almost, it almost felt like being shunned. And, mm-hmm. and, and being a young mother, um, it, it, it challenged me. And um, I'm a very stubborn person. I'm a very, um, if, if you say I can't do it, then I'm going to try my hardest to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that was my focus. I, I mean, I had two children by the time I was 19 years old. Um, and that was my, my, my focus to, to move forward and to, and to get things done and to be successful and to, to te- and really to challenge stigma. You know, there, at the time there, there mm-hmm. was a lot of, um, I know a lot of uh, young mothers that I knew and, and, and we were barely getting by, you know, um, living on Ontario works and, you know, trying to make things, make ends meet, participating in a lot of community programs and really reaching out to, I guess, um, 
locate local resources and, and help and stuff. And it was, it, I mean, Cole and Kieran are 20, almost 22 and 20 now. And, um, but it was, it was definitely hard being a young parent. Mm-hmm. And that was in Thunder Bay. Um, yeah. So when, when my boys were, I grew up in Thunder Bay. I, I spent a couple of years in Sault Ste. Marie during high school, um, had the kids here. And then I moved back to Sault Ste. Marie when, when my older boys were two and four. Um, and it was, it was tough. I, I wanted to be out of Thunder Bay. I wanted more. Um, I, I enrolled at, I was a student here in Thunder Bay at Confederation College. And then I had transferred to Sioux College in the Native Child and Family Work Program at the time and graduated from there, I think in 04. And uh, didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't even know what I wanted to be. I just wanted to be an adult and have an opinion and be heard and be loud. And Yeah. That's awesome. I actually didn't know. Um, so you just wanted to leave, like, just leave Thunder Bay. Um, I remember, um, like, the going away party um, that, like, dad had in his backyard at that Oliver yeah. Road. I think that was before yeah, you, was. you left. Um, yeah. So I, I remember that. But, um, yeah, it was always it was always nice when you came home. But um, so one thing about that party is I remember um, it, it, there was there was a couple of our family members that were saying, I bet you a hundred bucks she'll be back in a month. <clears throat> and oh I God. remember when, when I first moved to Sault Ste. Marie and having young children, right, and being a student and figuring out daycare, figuring out all of these things. I mean, I look back and that scares me now. I'm like, oh, my, that was scary. You know, I'm, I was the age yeah. that my oldest son is when he did that, when I did that, sorry. And mm-hmm. navigating through that and having really difficult times and, and depending on, you know, child tax benefit and student funding, which you know is not a lot, and trying to make ends meet. And I remember thinking, I've had enough, I'm going home. And then I, I remember that voice saying, I bet you she'll be home in a month. And I, and I plowed through it, right? I, I had to prove a point. I had to graduate. I had to, I had to you know, make something of myself. And, and, and a lot of the, the push and the inspiration to do that came from my grandparents, my grandma believe, believes a lot in, mm-hmm. in, in education, you know, always be always pushing. Sorry, my grandpa always believed in education and push, push, push. You have to have your mm-hmm. education to sit at tables with people who are making decisions on your behalf. Yeah, that's so true. Did you have any like support? Like when you moved to Sault Ste. Marie, did you really know anyone or was it just um, I need yeah, to get out? My mother's partner was from um, Batchewana. So I had... I had family there um, that I, that I knew from growing okay. up, but it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, um, it, it was still, I still felt alone. I still felt, um, I felt, I felt isolated a lot of the time. And so what I did was my friends who became my really good friends, well, they became my family. They became my, my supports. Mm-hmm. They became my resources. Um, my biggest cheerleaders, And it was tough. Yeah, it was. No, Hello? it was tough. I mean, you guys oh. both know. You oh. guys both know leaving <laughs> yeah. home and moving into, you know, a bigger city or a different city. You're you, you're kind of feeling around, right? You're kind of feeling around. You know, this feels right. I think that you know this. This seems like a safe place for me. This seems, you know, because it's it's not home, and it's it, mm-hmm. and it's scary. Yeah. 
I think that's what really bonded me and Grace um, because you wanted something that seemed like home and we both came from like Northern Ontario, these like small Northern Ontario communities that are pretty, probably pretty big in comparison to other communities, but <laughs> these cities and we like just wanted a companion type of thing, like a family mm-hmm. friend. And then we found that in each other because we were both very Northern Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Um, I shared this uh, in another episode that's to come um, because I, every time I even still like, so when I was pregnant with Nico, that's when it really hit me that like, I'm never really going home. And um, I would cry like every time I would be at the airport heading back to Hamilton because I I'm leaving my family. But I I shared, um, I was at grandma's house and we had this like big like lunch and my, my flight was a couple hours away and I was like crying and she's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm like sad. I'm going to miss everyone. Like, I don't want to go. She's like, well, your family's yeah. over there now. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I am like creating my own family and this is where my family is now. But being pregnant and like living away too was so hard, like to not have that experience with like my mother being here and like helping me get set up. Like I had no clue. And like, I don't know if I ever told you this Tosh, but I started making like recipes Mm -hmm. that my mom used to make. And like, I was never a cook before. So I'd be making like, I was making cabbage rolls and it's like this huge process of like boiling the cabbage. And then I'd like sit down like with my big Buddha belly and like, test the food after and I'm I'm doing this all myself and then I would like cry if it like tastes like reminded me of home and I do that like every couple days I'm like I need to make like something else my mom used to make and that's like really what connected me um and well and also made me so sad (laughs) okay wait I also want to tell that was like a really good story and I'm so sorry for cutting that off but I also want to tell no it was done (laughs) okay Tosh this one what what me and Grace why we really started this was because one time no one else would have got it except if you were like from Northern Ontario, we got these parking tickets and for setting up an event. And then when we were texting each other, like, Hey, I'll meet you there in like 15 minutes. I'm getting Grace, Like I'm getting off of this highway, this 400 series. I'm like, okay, I'm going on this subway. I'll be there. And we'll meet outside this Starbucks. And we both kind of had a moment of like laughter. We're like, this is our life. We would try to like, <laughs> bike around like wherever we lived and then who could have imagined 10 years like our biggest stressor would be that we have to pay a parking ticket we got from one of the largest colleges and like go down to this city place and pay it and like that's our biggest stress <laughs> and also who who gets like parking tickets like I know it's possible but up north like everywhere has a parking lot and that's what I miss yeah about living down here is like it's all street parking or like you have paid to pay parking or... so I and we were just yeah we we're just laughing so I come to Hamilton a couple of years ago um I work at Hydro One I'm a senior advisor in Indigenous Relations and we um provided a a sponsorship for the North American Indigenous Games. So they said, where do you want to be stationed Mm -hmm. out of? And I'm like, Hamilton. I get to see my sister and my nephew. And uh, so so I fly in on Pearson. And I'm thinking, 
I'm not going to rent a car because I don't want to spend money that I don't need to spend and, and whatever. So I go down to like the ground floor and I'm asking the guys uh, at the, one of those little kiosks. I said, I need to get on. How do I get to Hamilton? He says, why do you want to go to Hamilton? I said, well, I'm working and I have to get to an event there. Oh, okay. Well, you get on this, this. He goes, where are you from? I said, Thunder Bay. That's why you want to go to Hamilton. So, so, so finally I make it, right? And I, ha- I haven't been on a city bus in 20, 20 years. So I, I get on this bus, like the go, or I don't even know, bu- the go bus. And I get down to the bus station mm-hmm. and I'm on a city bus and I get to where I need, kind of thought I needed to be. And I finally get to McMaster for the, for the event. And my coworker says, where did you park? I said, park? I took a bus here. <laughs> she was like, what do you think? <laughs> but it was such an adventure, right? I've never done what you guys have done, you know, and, and moving from, you know, you know, Northwestern Ontario into a bigger city. And, and I think even for me now, sometimes when I go into a bigger city, I'm intimidated. So to you guys, both you guys inspire me. You guys are young. You guys have moved away from home. And that's your reality. And you guys have, have figured it out and made it work. I mean, Grace is 13 years younger than I am. And I remember when she moved away to, to, to a bigger city. And I remember, I remember thinking, I don't know, you know, Grace is, I mean, she's, she's baby Grace. And I, re- I remember thinking, <laughs> okay, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say what people said about me when I moved away. And, and I told her that. I said, you mm-hmm. know, life is so much bigger than Thunder Bay. You don't, you don't have to stay here. Mm-hmm. I didn't think she would actually stay there and, and live there forever. <laughs> but, but not come back. I didn't think so either. Too. Both of you ladies have inspired me to like, it's so nice to see young Anishinaabe Quay, you know, feeling, you know, confident enough to go into bigger cities to express themselves freely and to, you know, motivate other young women and to, and to be you, you're not trying to be anything else. You're being you. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older now and it's nice to see younger women doing that because when I was your age, not, there wasn't a whole lot of women doing that, leaving their communities and going to bigger cities and figuring it out. I mean, not saying it didn't happen, but I see a lot more women feeling mm-hmm. comfortable and confident to leave their communities to go into the bigger cities in, in pursuit of a higher education and, you know, participating in, you know, university and college events, joining student councils. You didn't see that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, you know what? Oh, gosh. <laughs> she's making us blush. Yeah. Me and Koi that whole time. We're like, Oh my God, <laughs> she's turning this podcast around on us <laughs> and making us feel good. <laughs> But you know what you said about like, oh, there's so much more than Thunder Bay. Like that was something my mom had told me. She's like, there's so much more out there than Sault Ste. Marie and Garden River. And like, you need to go and explore it because like home will always be here. Your family, like we're always going to be here. And no matter where you are, we'll always love you. So like go out and you the sound world. like your mom's saying that. And I think <laughs> you're not crying. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not crying. Aww. Aww. But I mean, that's like, that's why we started this podcast, because we're like, hey, you know, there's like these, these girls or young boys, too, that are wanting to leave their community. And just knowing that, you know, you can do it, there's supports out there. 
Um, there's like school supports, there's anything. And we've, we've gotten a couple messages from like, there's this one from this girl from Manitoba who left her community to go to the university of Manitoba. And she's like, I stumbled upon your podcast and I'm in the same boat. And I'm like, this is exactly like who we're reaching. And, you know, like everyone's at, at different stages. Like you could be just starting out post-secondary at 30 years old, or, um, you know, you can be a young mom. Like, I don't know. I kind of, I'm like, I'm a young mom. And sometimes I feel like, you know, I should have finished my schooling before, but you know what? I get to do this with Nico watching and have him inspired, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think about. And um, I guess like the next question we have, Tosh, is throughout like this, this journey, who were your role models growing up? I think first and foremost, it would be um, um, my grandparents. And, and, you know, being young and having a family Mm -hmm. and and being go-getters and, and dream seekers and believers and achievers, um, women, women are my role models. Single mothers, single mothers have been my role models. Yeah. But back to what you just said about, um, you know, taking a break and, and then going back and, and that'll be a part of Nico's reality. Um, when, when I was a student at Algoma and Cole and Kieran Mm -hmm. were super young, I would bring them to events there. And I would show them around the university because I wanted them that I wanted that experience to be a part of their future. I belong here. You know, I, I can come in here anytime. Mm-hmm. And, and every time I go back to Sault Ste. Marie, um, I always go to Shinguak because when you move and, and maybe you guys will agree, but when you guys moved away and you didn't have that community anymore, your school became your community that's where you went. That, mm-hmm. that was how I felt. There were so many times mm-hmm. and um, Algoma had so many great um, supports and resources there. Those that, that became my family. So every time I go back to Sault Ste. Marie, I always go back to Algoma and it's, it's nice to see how much they've grown with, um, you know, the mm-hmm. indigenous studies and everything that they've done to date. It's, it's nice, but it's, it feels like going home when I walk in there and I'm sure it, you know, when you guys get a little bit older, it'll feel like that for you too. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, I'm still working at, <laughs> at my school. So I'm just going to be a life for there. They're not going <laughs> to be able to get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like Algoma still feels home to me. Like, well, it does. And every time I go home, like I don't work out a good life. I work out at the leech. I like come home every year for the powwow, except I was, COVID affected this year's Powell, I think. And then, um, but what you said about like community at Algoma in the, in the Sasa lounge, that was like so much, like it was such a strong community. And when I moved down to Toronto and expected that much at like the other school I went to, I was like, so floored and shocked. that like, that's not what every school does. They don't support you and love you and, and lift you up as much as like, the Anishinaabe initiatives at Algoma and that's what every you need that community to be successful or to feel so when I first started there actually we were outside of um where the registrar's office used to be it was in that area and there was a portable in the back of the school hidden away Mm -hmm. and um I thought what could we do to change this um this is we don't we didn't feel like we belonged so I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna join student council um, then we got a space 
over by the tech wing where the lecture theater is. We had a room there <clears throat> temporarily. Mm-hmm. And then we, we were moved to where we were. And um, we started, so we started having discussions within council and stuff. And that's when we changed the name because it used to be Shingwak Aboriginal Students Association. So we had sent the um, request for t-shirts into the, one of the printers that I can't remember what they're called. And they said, um, so this is, this is the wording. And I said, actually, no, we're going to change our names to Shingwak and Anishinaabe Students Association. Do you have the authority to do so? I do now. So all these shirts came in and, and, and <laughs> but you have to, you have to push those, you have to push those barriers back, you know, and mm-hmm. it, and it's, and it's difficult exactly. and it's frustrating at times, but um, yeah, you, you know, I think we need to, we need to indigenize more spaces. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Koya, I'll let you answer the, ask the next, next question. Okay. Tosh, thank you for sharing that info about like before Sasa was a Sasa that like I love grew and like grew up in and loved, <laughs> but where do you see yourself in five years? Who? Um, I'd actually like to start taking some part-time studies. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Whether, whether it be like distance or, you know, online or I, I don't even know. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm older now, so I don't know how the different methods of delivering web-based education or such, but no, I, I'd actually like to go back to school. Um, I'd like to get a master's. Um, and yeah. see where I go from there, I guess. Ooh. What would you? Is there any like <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I think... program that interests you? I know there's a master's program of um, community economic and social development out east. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Breton A. That was the one my mom did. So I know there's a program there. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, no, go. And then where do you see yourself in 10 years? I'll probably be a grandma in 10 years. <laughs> no. Um, Ooh. I can. I can't wait um, to be a grandma. No, I think in 10 years I would like to. <laughs> I'd like to start working for myself eventually. And I think working mm-hmm. with. Um, our communities just Mm -hmm. that's it it's kind of a tough question I have kind of like an idea of where I'd like to be in 10 years but um, I don't know wherever wherever I end up I find that sometimes when we have a plan and we don't stick to that plan Mm -hmm. then there's the um, there's room to kind of be harder on ourselves when we didn't follow that plan. So be flexible. That's true. Um, be accepting of new experiences and don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Well, Quay is applying for her master's soon and we're taking some summer courses um, this summer. And I've applied Ooh, what are you to what are you a take? degree program. And, um, possibly oh. uh, Indigenous social work. 
not to be a social worker because um, no offense to anyone, but um, just to like work um, like in higher education or just, you know, you know how broad like, like a social work degree could be. Um, so hopefully I get accepted because it is online and it is distant education. So, um, and part-time. So, um, I can still like be working and raising my family and, um, no matter how long it takes, I read something today like, Oh, a program takes four years, but you have no time for four years, but four years has passed or <laughs> I forget what it was, but like true. Like I could have did this like four years or like three years ago part-time and I would already been like three years in and you know what like I I'm not worried about the time um because it can take like up to six years for me to do it but um yeah I'm just excited this whole like this whole season of spring and the renewing of everything I'm just like ready to go like yeah so um I'm just, yeah, I'm super inspired. And I hope everyone who's listened to this podcast, um, they're hopefully going to be listening to it on Mother's Day, which will be on Sunday, May 10th, or the week after, but we're all celebrating our mothers or aunties or any mother figure they have. So um, to end this off, Tasha, it's been so great having you. And I'm like, I'm so inspired by your story. And um, just so proud of of everything you've overcome, but do you have any advice to tell indigenous mothers or young students um, as they're figuring their I think it's something that um, was told to me. I mean, um, by my grandpa when I was, when I was growing up, but I think more importantly, um, when um, it, it was actually the last conversation I had with my grandpa before he had passed away in 2000 and it was just about the importance of education. It was about being able to move forward because you'll have the world in your hand once you have an education. Um, and I think that's always helped me. And, and, and there's been times that I've thought about giving up and there's been times where I thought about, I can't do it, you know, um, and having children and going through that with my kids. It's, it's definitely been difficult. There's definitely been many, many moments of, I, I, I give up. I, I can't do this. And then I'd hear his voice in my head saying, no, you, you know, you need your education. And it was something he, he spoke to a lot of us about when we were growing up. For, for young mothers and for, for, for mothers in general, be that inspiration for your kids. Show them. And if you're struggling, show them that struggle because life is not easy the the road to being successful is not easy but show them that it's it's not easy there's mm, yeah. there's going to be very very many struggles in life there's going to be so many times when you're at the brink of giving up and you have to keep fighting you have to keep going because you have little ones looking up at you and you want them to do the same thing mhm mhm well, that just inspired me. I think it's so true. Um, and it's so nice to hear, um, you know, like to show them the struggle because what you said that it's not easy to be successful. And um, I mean, sometimes it's hard to look at social media. I mean, me and Koi, that's why we wanted to do something like this to, sh to 
for young people to listen to us and to know our struggles that we go through and that it's normal. And you know what you see online a lot of the time, these perfect pictures and you're like, I wish I had that easy life. But you know, a lot of the time that they have, they have their own struggles too, but you don't always hear it. And I think most importantly is that like you show the struggles and that you show it because you can overcome them. So they know whenever they get to a roadblock, they're like, okay, how am I going to overcome this? And you change their mindset from being like, oh, no, I'm stuck or like are getting just frustrated. But there's also been times I I know when when I was a younger parent and my kids would struggle with something and I was so quick to be like, I'll help you. Yeah, I got this. I got this. And as my kids got older, I seen them with at, at times without the ability to really take care of that themselves. So then I kind of started stepping back so that they would be able to develop those skills on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Tosh, I think you came a long way and you've, you're such a good mother and auntie and sister and friend and partner and, you know, you like you have all these titles and I'm just like so proud of you. And I'm so glad that our listeners um, can hear part of your story and hopefully that's inspired them. So Quay and I, we just want to say thank you for being on and you've just made this oh, like Mother's you. Day special episode. And I'm proud of so both special. of you guys. <laughs> uh, also, as a side note, um, I haven't been anywhere to get a okay. stamp for Nico's letter. So it's still sitting. It's still sitting on my counter. So <laughs> Oh, <laughs> And it's a, and it's addressed to him too. Okay, that sounds good. Oh, I know he loves that. Okay, um, well we're gonna sign off. So, okay. um, hope Bye. you guys enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you guys next week. So your podcast, Andy's know that life can be tough. And we want to end our episode with promoting the Hope for Wellness talk line. The Hope for Wellness. Um, helpline offers immediate help to all Indigenous people across Canada. It is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to offer counseling and crisis intervention. Life can be tough and we've all been there. So call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca. And remember that your podcast entities love you.